Bibles will be open today to Acts chapter 2, last few verses there of Acts 2, beginning at verse 42. If you're following along in a pew Bible, it's at the top of page 857, Acts 2, and it'll be on the screen as well. If you, if you wouldn't mind joining me, uh, standing in honor of God's word today as we read it together, and then we'll say a word of prayer. Hear the perfect word of our perfect God. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you with such a spirit of thanksgiving, worship, awe. We stand amazed in your presence as we've sung, and now, Lord, as we open your word, I pray that you would open our hearts and our minds, that we would understand it and apply it to our lives. Thank you for your people who've gathered together. I pray, Lord, that you would make the preacher small, that you would be large. You'd be great and magnified in this moment. Bless us now as we seek to apply this word to our lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, you may be seated. Some things are just better together. I remember being a uh, very young child, probably about age five, kindergarten time. And one of my favorite things to do every day after school was to come home and watch my favorite show and eat my favorite after school snack. Favorite show, Tom and Jerry. Any Tom and Jerry fans? And favorite snack was a jelly sandwich. Don't ask, don't ask. Um, I think it's because when you're five, you know, Jerry and jelly sound alike. I don't know why I liked eating jelly sandwiches. But one day, someone introduced me to a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Uh, and my world has never been the same. Um, some things are just better together. Uh, the year was 1928. Harry Burnett Reese changed the world with his new creation. He went by HB and he worked for the Hershey Company. And on the date of November the 15th, 1928, he discovered the amazing combination of peanut butter and milk chocolate. And to this day, today in the United States, the number one selling candy in America, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Somebody say amen. amen. <laughs> the moral of the story is, everything is better with peanut butter. <laughs> Some things are just better together. This is also true of every single disciple of Jesus Christ. We hear the gospel individually, true. 
We respond individually by turning from our sins and trusting in Jesus Christ. We individually get baptized. But at the same time, by God's wise design, we are made to do life together. God made us to learn together and to share together, live together and pray together. To put it as simply as I can, we're better together. As a church, we are looking at our core values and, and as in particular our mission statement, Hillcrest Distinctives, what shapes our culture. And under the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the great head of the church, our senior pastor has articulated a very simple and clear mission statement for Hillcrest. We'll put it on the screen here. I'll say it, and then together we can say it. Our mission at Hillcrest is to help people in becoming like Christ by worshiping God, connecting with others, and serving the world. Would you join me as we say this together? Together. Our mission at Hillcrest is to help people in becoming like Christ by worshiping God, connecting with others, and serving the world. What do we do here? Make disciples. We help people become more and more and more like Jesus. And how do we do it? Through worship, through connect, and through serving. Uh, Last Sunday, Pastor Jim taught us about the priority of worship, acceptable worship. And today, it's my privilege to focus on the core value of connecting with others. And our text Acts 2, 42 through 47, I believe, captures very well what we aspire to. What did the early church do, and how can we model ourselves after that? That's what we'll be looking at today. And in this text, we see that the early church members grew as they devoted themselves to life together. And what we'll see from this passage is that they experienced growth in a number of ways, growth in their gladness, It says in verse 46, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, growth in generosity to and for one another, growth in the number of people who were coming to Christ by faith. The Lord added to their number day by day, the Bible says, those who were being saved, and growth in their favor with God and with people. They grew because they were together. And the simple, central idea of the sermon today is this. Four words. We are better together. From this text, we'll see their commitment to what I will call together life. The contents of their together life. And then finally, the consequences of their together life. What was the result of it? So let's look first at their commitment to together life. Join me in verse 42 of Acts 2. The Bible says, and they devoted themselves. Stop. Let's talk about this word, devoted. This very important verb that's here translated devoted normally means to occupy oneself diligently with something, to pay persistent attention to, to hold fast to something, to continually be in something, the things that characterize their together life and ours are only effective because they were devoted to them. This was not a casual or an occasional attendance. 
Uh, This was not a complacent coming to a connect group. No, these disciples were paying persistent attention to these things. In a word, they prioritized these things. I mean, I just make a very straightforward statement today. You will never grow in your becoming like Christ if you're not devoted to becoming like Christ in community. No one accidentally becomes like Jesus. You don't accidentally grow in your walk with the Lord. And you'll never reach God's very best for you in your Christian life if you have a passive or cavalier attitude towards the things that we're gonna talk about. If you neglect or shirk or stiff arm community. No, you have to continually be in these things if you want to continually be more and more like your savior. Oftentimes I speak with people who may or may not be satisfied with their walk and they talk with me about these things and you know, I'm the connect pastor. So I'm gonna ask the question, you know the question I'm gonna ask. Which connect group are you in? And sometimes they, you know, face changes a little bit and "Ah, I'm I'm not in a connect group. There's your next step. If you're looking for an action item to take on today's sermon, if you're not in a connect group, get in one. Be devoted, to use the language here, to a connect group. I just wanna ask you some questions and I want you to really think about it as we look at this word. One word, one word from God's inspired text. Are you willing to be devoted to some things? Are you willing to be devoted to a community of people who, let's just be honest, are imperfect, sometimes complicated, needy even? Will you devote yourself to God's design for your Christian life spelled out in this text? Why do I press this so hard, even at the beginning, even before looking at the things themselves? Because I'm convinced often our main problem is not a lack of knowledge. It's a lack of devotion to the things we know. It's not that we don't know what we should be devoted to, it's that we're not really committed to those things. And so we'll look at them today, but I just wanna ask you on the front end, Will you devote yourself to what God says you need for your spiritual growth and development? The Bible says they devoted themselves, and I'm pleading with you to do the same thing. So these disciples in their together life were committed. But to what were they committed? The verb here, devoted, applies to four nouns that we'll look at today. Four things that they were committed to. The apostles' teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and the prayers. Now, who among us would say those are, those are some good things to be devoted to? Amen? Let's look at the contents. Let's look at these things in particular. What make up the contents of our together life at Hillcrest? First and chief among all, we are devoted to Scripture in our together life. Look at verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. We spent a considerable amount of time over the last couple of years, several years, 
considering the great commission of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, where he says to his disciples, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all the things that I have commanded you. So the apostolic teaching is nothing less than the teaching of the Lord Jesus himself. So for instance, when you turn in your Bibles to, let's just say Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the Sermon on the Mount, what you're reading is the apostles teaching, Matthew, writing it, and the teaching of the Lord Jesus simultaneously. The word of God is the apostles' teaching. And what about the Old Testament? Do we, do we need our Old Testaments? Can we just take that out of the Bible? No, no. We definitely need our Old Testaments, right? What does Peter do in Acts chapter two as he's preaching on the day of Pentecost, the, the material that leads right up to our text today? He preaches a sermon and he quotes Joel chapter two, verses 28 through 32, Psalm 16, verses eight through 11, Psalm 110, verse one. My point is, the Old and New Testaments, the full word of God, is the apostles' teaching, the scripture. From Genesis to Revelation, or as my old Sunday school teacher would say, from Moses to maps, like all the way in the back, all of it is God's word, and it's useful, profitable for us. And this is what Paul says in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is breathed out by God, the very breath of God to us, and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, complete, equipped for every good work. And so there is no becoming like Christ without a devotion to the words of Christ. Well, how do we do that at Hillcrest? We devote ourselves in every connect group and every growth group to the teaching of the Bible for spiritual growth. We prioritize above all things the teaching of the Bible in our groups. And this teaching is designed to shape disciples into the image of Christ. Here's how it works practically. Crystal and I, um, we've been members of the church five years now. And before I came on staff, we went around searching for a group and we landed on a group. Terry and Jean Palmer at 930. And there's just some things you know is gonna happen when you walk in that room. Someone's gonna love on you. Um, You're gonna have something to eat. Um, But before it's all over, we're gonna open those Bibles. And we're gonna look at a very specific text of scripture. And we're gonna see how it can be applied to our lives in a way that's different than what we're doing even right now. Right now, You have a preacher, a speaker who's preaching the word in a monologue, trying to think about what you may be thinking, but I don't know. There may even be some things that I've said so far that have sparked questions in a connect group. Several of them that are even going on right now in our campus, those questions are being had. And so there's a dialogue, even a group-a-logue that is happening such that people are growing in the word. You know, I just want to make one more plug for the scripture. 
Y'all have a reading plan? Raise your hand if you have a plan to read the Bible. Okay, some of us, but not all of us. If you're here today and you don't have a plan to read God's word, chances are you won't be very consistent in reading it. And so, stop by a Next Step Center. We have plans for you, this is the plan I use. Many of our uh, members use that plan. But the scripture is my point. The scripture is something we have to be devoted to if we're gonna grow in becoming like Christ. And that scripture is best explained in the context of a small group. Secondly, we see they're devoted to the fellowship. The fellowship, we are devoted to the fellowship in our together life. This Greek term is koinonia, we've heard it before. And you know what it means? Sharing, sharing, having mutual interest and involvement in one another. This is what Paul will say in Philippians 2. Let each one of you not look only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. That's what they were devoted to, the fellowship. The Bible says here in our text, verses 44 and 45, all who believed were, what's the next word? Together. They had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. They were generous with their material possessions. They were sharing with one another. This is further illustrated just a few pages over in Acts chapter four, verse 32. It says, now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and one soul, and no one said that any of the things that he had belonged to him or was his own, but they had everything in common. And great power, with great power, the apostles were giving testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them. For as many as were owners of lands and houses sold them and they brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid them at the apostles' feet and it was distributed to each as any had need. No one was a burden to anyone because all participated together. They shared. Now, let me be very clear about what this is not. This is not some form of Christian communism, okay? This is not forced generosity, which is really an oxymoron. No, if you keep reading through the book of Acts, we see in Acts chapter five, y'all remember Ananias and Sapphira? Peter makes a very important statement there uh, in Acts, speaking to them about the sale of their property. He says, before you sold it, was it not your own? Was it not at your disposal? So my point is just, this was not forced generosity. This is Christian generosity. This is someone deciding to share their resources, their knowledge, their time with their brothers and sisters who are in need. This is what a family does. If one has, we all have. Uh, how does this work in Hillcrest Connect groups? Um, about a year and a half ago, I went on a mission trip to Argentina. First ever mission trip. I was nervous, but we went for it. And I'd say no sooner than the plan landed in Buenos Aires, my daughter became very sick. 
such that she had to be hospitalized for several days at Sacred Heart. And we have a daughter, we also have a son who has to go to school and get his peanut butter and jelly sandwiches after school, you know? And it was very difficult for my wife to be able to deal with all of that while I was gone, 8,000 miles away. Y'all remember I said Terry and Jean Palmer, y'all remember that name? That couple ministered to my family in our hour of need. They picked up my son and got him something to eat and made sure he got to school and had change of clothes and fellowship. See, we tend to think it's eating pound cake in Northwest Hall, right? It's sharing your life with one another. Uh, my parents are also members of this church and as I've shared before, been very open with the fact that uh, my mother was sick for a long time, dealing with chemotherapy and responding to uh, cancer treatments and my parents are members of the David and Linda Pepper Connect group and it would be so many times, I can't even count the times, I would pull up to their house and just drop in as good kids tend to do, don't even call, just drop by, right? And there'd be a car in the driveway I didn't recognize. I have no idea who these people are. Am I at the right house? I knock on the door and someone's coming out and they left a casserole or they brought a card or just came by to say hello to my parents and encourage them in their hour of need. Fellowship is more than just hanging out. We'll talk about hanging out in just a moment. But this is doing life together in a sharing capacity. There's 40 different examples I can give you over the last five years of how the grace of God was given to me from God through the hands of his people. This is what Paul is describing in uh, our text, um, 1 Corinthians, when he says, but God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another, the text goes on to say there, if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Here's my question. Has that been your experience? Do you know what it's like to have someone's back and let them have yours? If you're not devoted to a connect group, you won't understand what I mean. We need to do life together for the purpose of sharing together. And so that's what we devote ourselves to. We connect for the purpose of sharing together. Thirdly, we are devoted to the doing life together in our together life. This is kind of a redundant statement. We're devoted to doing life together in our together life. Where do I get this from? Look at verse 42 again. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship as we've seen, to the breaking of bread. What is this? I, you know, I used to come to this text and, and I was persuaded for a long time that this was a reference to the ordinance of the Lord's Supper. What they would do is they would be devoted to partaking of the Lord's Supper, and I believe they were, but I'm not so sure that's what Luke is talking about in this text anymore. And you know what I think it is? After church on Sunday, they're like, hey, you wanna go get something to eat? and they ate together. Amen. <laughs> we certainly 
do that. And I think it's very important as we will come to see a very important expression of doing life together is sharing meals and, and, and having this type of dialogue. Dr. Brian Wright, who is a published author, but also a Hillcrest Connect Group leader, has written a book that I commend to you called The Rhythm of the Christian Life. Um, not too long, really good book. I have a quote for you here. He says, we are formed in and by community. God does not just give us his word to carry us through our trials. He also gives us each other. That's good. This is why godly men and women would not want to live without God's people because it would disrupt the divine rhythm of the Christian life. The whole point he goes on to make in that book is that the purpose of life privately with God, Jesus tells us to go into your closet and pray, to read the Bible privately, that's a legitimate thing, but the purpose is for it to bring benefit to those in your community that you do life with. We don't wanna isolate ourselves, we wanna devote ourselves to doing life together. And then verse 46, I believe, in Acts chapter two, explains this even further, and it says, and day by day, attending the temple together, and breaking bread, where? In their homes. They received their food with glad and generous hearts. This means if you're in a connect group, you're supposed to eat together. So if you're in a connect group and you have a connect group leader that does not have food, you can tell them the connect pastor has stated, have food in your connect groups. <laughs> Because eating is a very biblical thing to do, right? And eating together in community and talking, sharing, interacting, going beneath the surface. The reality of the Christian community was expressed from the earliest of times, we see it here, in the ordinary act of eating together. Now imagine coming to Hillcrest and hearing the gospel, hearing a preacher clearly proclaim the word of God and you realize, you come to a point where you realize Jesus is Lord and you are not, and you repent of your sins and you trust Jesus to save you and then you get baptized and we all celebrate it. And then you come to church every Sunday and you never interact with a human soul. Imagine that you never have a single meal with any person at Hillcrest. Never watch the Super Bowl with anyone or go fishing with them or watch a movie with them. You never go to their home. Imagine never doing life together at Hillcrest. It, it, my wife gets, gets a kick whenever I compare things and I always say that's just like. That's just like having a BLT sandwich except no bacon, no lettuce, and no tomato. It's just, just the bread. That, that's silly, right? And yet, the experience of maybe even some among us today, spiritually speaking, that's what it is. We're eating the sandwich without any of the contents. And so, if that's you today, may I encourage you from God's word based on this text, be devoted to doing life together for your spiritual growth and development. Somebody needs to know your name and what's going on in your life, and they need to be able to hear from you when things are going well, but also when they're not going well. 
being together in your together life is absolutely necessary. It should go without saying, but you and I both know it needs to be said. Do life with someone in community. The scripture explains this for us in the book of Ecclesiastes. He says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. If they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. So we connect for the purpose of doing life together. And then finally, we're devoted to prayer in our together life. Last but certainly not least, Our text says that the early disciples were devoted to the prayers, the text says. Uh, Dr. Brian Wright, who I mentioned a moment ago, connect group leader, also was my Greek professor in seminary. And he taught me that the definite article is never insignificant. So what does it mean that Luke says the prayer? They're devoted to the prayers. In this context, it's a reference to the set times of prayers. If you read through Acts, starting at Acts 1 and you read through, you'll notice something whenever there's prayer happening. There tends to be this time of prayer. Y'all remember this in Acts chapter 3? The Bible says Peter and John were going to the temple at the hour of prayer. Maybe some of you grew up where there was a great emphasis on prayer in the local church. Set times of prayer. We started out our Wednesday night this year with a time of prayer and praise. And many of you were a part of that. Y'all know we have a set time for prayer every week. Did y'all know that? Northwest Hall at six o'clock. I'd love for every single person in this room to be in that room while we have our weekly prayer meeting. We pray for people who are members of our church, friends of our church, missionaries who we sent out. We pray for people who are lost and ask God to save them. There is a time where the people of God come together and pray. And so one takeaway from this sermon may be, come to the prayer meeting on Wednesday night and let's pray together. John Anwuchekwa has written a phenomenal little book on prayer and he makes an observation I think is noteworthy. He says, prayer in the book of Acts is mentioned no less than 21 times. Furthermore, these prayers are inherently corporate. Whenever prayer is mentioned, it overwhelmingly involves others. And what does that mean for us? Well, it means we should pray, but especially we should pray with and for others. I'll use a common example. When Jesus taught us to pray, y'all remember the Lord's Prayer, Matthew chapter six? Always interesting to me that he doesn't say, give me this day my daily bread. Forgive me my debts. Jesus teaches us to pray. Give us this day our daily bread. Jesus inherently intended for us to pray very frequently together with and for one another. 
And we see this in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter four, the Bible goes on to say that the church got together and they prayed. And in verse 31, it says, when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered was, what? Shaken. The literal foundations began to quake. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They continued to speak the word of God with boldness. We have names on the wall right out of here of people that we're telling about Jesus, we're sharing the gospel with. You wanna, you wanna do that with boldness? We need to pray about it. And we need to pray together about it because that's why we meet. You know, I um, led a growth group on Wednesday nights, which is the other way that we generally connect. We connect with connect groups on Sunday morning. Generally speaking, growth groups happen on Wednesday nights. I was leading one this past October on spiritual disciplines, and we were talking about prayer, and I just thought, you know what, rather than talk about prayer, guys, let's just pray. Lots of talking about prayer happens in churches, and maybe we ought to just do a little bit more praying. And we got together, and we were following this book by Donald Whitney on praying the Bible, and we prayed through Psalm 23 together, only about six or seven of us. And every single person prayed out loud, which is, as you might know, sometimes a hard thing to get people to do. But it was a sweet moment where we just prayed, Lord, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Lord, thank you for shepherding me and leading me and providing for my needs. And one by one, we all went around the circle until we had prayed through Psalm 23. That's just a small example of how in small groups we pray with and for one another. So at Hillcrest, our connect groups are devoted to relying on God by praying together. We pray together on Sunday mornings. We pray with and for one another during the week. And so we connect for the purpose of relying on God through prayer. We connect for the purpose of doing life together. We connect for the purpose of sharing life together and we connect for the purpose of growing in the word together. So we've seen the commitment, the contents. What's the consequences of their together life and ours? If I could simplify it in one word, it's technically two, daily progress. Do you want to be like Jesus or not? Devote yourself to these things, and I believe as you do, you will see daily progress. Progress. Look at Acts 2, verses 46 and 47 with me. It says, and day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Devote yourself to these things in community. And watch God make you more and more like his son, Jesus. Because we are better together. This is God's word and let all who agree say amen.